Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Today, we're going to have a discussion on ruminant digestion. We're going to talk about the rumen. We're going to talk about the abomasum, the omasum, the reticulum, small intestine, large intestine, and then we're going to dive into how ruminants digest protein or crude protein. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and uh, I've got a couple of different hats I wear. Today I'm wearing the Iowa State hat where I'm a faculty member at Iowa State University. And uh, also, I am an owner-operator of Production Animal Consultation, uh, the PAC group, which we go out and consult cattle and feed yards uh, all across the United States, but mainly based in Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, Colorado area. So um, thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to go back to some of the things that I enjoyed uh, teaching at the university, and that's talking about ruminant nutrition and digestion and things to that nature. And I think we need to back up and take a look at what the, the digestive tract of a of beef cattle looks like. And we start out with the cattle uh, take it in, they chew the, the food, they swallow it, and it goes immediately to the rumen. And the rumen is this large vat, okay? And that vat is full of feedstuffs, it's full of microbes, it's full of, of, of water. And what's happening is fermentation in that. And when we have that fermentation, those bacteria are fermenting the feeds into byproducts. And the byproducts are what the animal actually digests. The reason why we need those microbes, two reasons in the ruminant animal, one is so that the microbes will break down hay or cellulose. There's two types of, of ways that we get glucose, okay? One of them is in the form of starch, which is in grains, and the other one's in the form of cellulose, which is in fiber or plant material. We as humans, pigs, chickens, can digest starch, as can ruminants. However, we cannot digest cellulose. And, and cellulose is glucose just bound together differently in the beta-1,4 linkages instead of alpha-1,4. And to break down the beta-1,4, you have to have microbes. The bacteria have the enzymes to break down the, the cellulose, to break it down into glucose and, and pentoses and different types of sugars. Those sugars are then, uh, or the, the byproducts from the sugar digestion of the bacteria, then give off propionate, acetate, things that we call volatile fatty acids. The volatile fatty acids then are absorbed across the gut wall and everything in the gut, whether it's from the rumen or to the large intestine, flows through the bloodstream straight to the liver, okay? So everything goes to the liver from the digestion. That's kind of our oil filter, okay? And so they go there and at that point in time, the acetate and the butyrate, those two VFAs, they just slide right on through the liver and they go to form fats and, and form milk fat and form fat uh, with intermuscular fat and external fat. 
However, the, the propionate, that volatile fatty acid, stays right there in the liver. It's slapped together and two propionate become glucose. So we take the cellulose, the bacteria get the glucose because they can break down the beta-1,4 linkages. They have a byproduct that they give off from that fermentation called VFAs, which then goes to the liver and we take those two VFAs and we slap them together to convert glucose again, which is what the animal needs for brain activity, for growth, for energy. It's extremely efficient and it's the way that these critters can survive on grass. When we come back, we'll start to talk a little bit about how they can use non-protein nitrogen, which we can't in a similar manner. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and we're going to talk about ruminant digestion and basically we're going to focus on the rumen because everything after the rumen is the same as all other species. And we talked about how the ruminant can digest cellulose um, and, and get the glucose from cellulose, which monogastrics can't, okay, because you need microbial fermentation to break that down. Well, if you've ever wondered why we call it crude protein rather than protein, well, ruminant animals, the, the measure of crude protein is really just the measurement of nitrogen. And, and there was a fellow named Keldahl who worked for, for a beer company back in the day, and they could tell the fermentation patterns of the beer and the way that that was going to taste uh, based on the, the nitrogen of the, the barley products that they were fermenting, okay? So they wanted to come up with a way to measure nitrogen within the, the barley specs. And they came up with what he calls the Keldahl procedure. So the Keldahl procedure measures the amount of nitrogen. A true protein that's made up of amino acids is 16% nitrogen. So what we do now to get the amount of crude protein in a feedstuff is we just measure the amount of nitrogen within that feedstuff and take that times 6.25, which is the conversion factor of a 16% crude protein product, and that will give us the, the actual crude protein or kind of roughly around the amount of protein, but it's all based off the percent nitrogen within that, that kernel or within that feedstuff, okay? So if we would get something that would measure 1% nitrogen, like straw, that would be 6% crude protein or 6.25% crude protein. It might be a little less than 1% nitrogen because straw is usually around 4% crude protein. So why is it important to measure nitrogen? Well, one of the things about ruminant animals, since we have the microbes in the fermentation vat, we can actually feed urea which urea is a non-protein nitrogen. And what happens is when that hits the, when, when the urea hits the rumen, the microbes immediately with their enzymes are able to solubilize the urea into two ammonia compounds. Now, why is that important? Two reasons. One, the, the microbes can use that nitrogen for developing microbial crude protein. So the ruminant animal can take in hay with non-protein nitrogen and grow bacteria in the rumen, which is digested, and it is 88% biologically available. 
to the animal. So it's a great source of energy and it's a great source of, of protein. Those, those bacteria are themselves. The other thing that will happen is that that urea will actually go across the ammonia, will get to an ionized state, and it can also pass through the rumen wall, which then goes to the liver, and the liver will slap together those two ammonias to form a urea molecule again. So we take the glucose, put them together, we form propernate on the energy side. The ruminant animal takes two ammonia uh, compounds, puts them together to create urea, and if you've ever gone in for your physical exam and you see the blood urea nitrogen or plasma urea nitrogen, that's exactly what's floating around. We'll talk a little bit about the recycling of that and its importance here in just a minute. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we're talking about crude protein and, and digestion. And, and when we talk about protein that flows into the rumen, crude protein, it could be cottonseed meal, it could be soybean meal, it could be urea, non-protein nitrogen, okay? There's two things that we think about. One is what we call degradable intake protein, and the other is what we call undegradable intake protein. And I tell my students it's dip and you, you ip, okay? But anyway, it's not. But, but Degradable intake protein means it's broken down by the microbes in the rumen, utilized to make microbial uh, crude protein through fermentation, or it's passively diffused across the rumen wall, which goes to the liver. Undegradable intake protein is what we all call bypass protein. Okay, Bypass protein does not get digested, does not get broken down in the rumen, and it is absorbed in the small intestine in the same form in which it was consumed by the animal. Okay? So, what's some of the differences? Well, if we have urea, which we just talked about, 100% of that is solubilized in the rumen. So it has no bypass protein or no undegradable intake protein value. Okay? Let's take soybean meal. Soybean meal, when we feed, half of the crude protein in the soybean meal is digested and utilized in the rumen, and half of it is undegraded, and it then flows to the small intestine. We get into feather meal and corn gluten meal, some of those blood meals. Those have very high levels of bypass protein. Matter of fact, only 10% of the crude protein from those is digested and absorbed in the rumen, while 90% flows to the small intestine. So, so when we start to think about this, when we have calves that do not have a developed rumen and we're, we're weaning those calves and the fermentation is not going uh, full steam yet, it doesn't make sense biologically or efficiency wise to feed those animals something that would be uh, not this, that would have to be utilized in the rumen because we don't have a, a high level of fermentation to utilize the degradable intake protein. It's at that point in time we want to feed natural protein and something with a bypass value so that it gets to that small intestine and those calves can digest that, that crude protein. When we start to see some of the issues with non-protein uh, nitrogen like urea and biuret, is when we're feeding things that are high in urea or high in, in biuret um, to animals that don't have a fully functioning rumen. The general rule for urea is to never feed more than 1% of diet dry matter 
uh, as urea. So we aren't going to go above a 1% urea in any of our diets. The only one you might creep up above, and some nutritionists will, is if you're going to be feeding a finished ration that's you know, extremely high in, in soluble carbohydrate that has a quick fermentation that'll utilize that 100% uh, uh, solubilized, solubilized nitrogen uh, right there at the, the point of fermentation. So we've talked about degradable, we've talked about bypass. When we come back, we'll finish this discussion on ruminant digestion, talking about uh, urea recycling which the ruminant has a remarkable way to survive on the, the range and within our feedlots. You're watching Doc Talk, and thanks for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here, and uh, I want to talk about urea recycling because it's unique to the ruminant animal. And, and so the urea, blood urea nitrogen, uh, is, is flowing in the the bloodstream and there are three fates of that urea that can happen one it can be filtered in the kidney with water and it goes into urine okay so urea is in urine that makes sense okay so that's how we excrete it the other two fates are how it can be recycled back into the digestive process so when we think about cattle out on the range and we supplement protein we have to understand that these cattle can recycle urea out of the blood. One way that it happens in a feed yard is that if we have a little bout of, of acidosis and we have an osmotic pull because of the high acid load in the rumen, we will draw water into the rumen from the bloodstream passively. Urea is water soluble, so it flows across that rumen wall from the blood back into the rumen, which then is, is solubilized into two ammonia mo molecules, which both are basic, and it can serve as a somewhat of a buffer, okay, within the, the rumen against some of the acid load. That's, that's pretty cool, okay? But the one I wanna talk about that's considered the true urea recycling is that the ruminant animal will actually take the, the, the urea from the bloodstream and put it into the saliva. So when they graze and when they swallow, the saliva has urea in it and they can actually recycle the urea from their blood down into the rumen, which then matches with the cellulose that we can't digest with the, with the nitrogen or the urea, the non-protein nitrogen, which we can't digest very well or utilize. We, we get ammonia toxicities from to form microbial crude protein within that rumen and survive out there on the range. It's, it's, uh, it's truly unbelievable when you think about how these animals can do this and, and survive, um, but it's all science. It's all biology, physiology, and, and digestion. The number one urea cycling animal, the most efficient animal at recycling urea is the American bison. And doesn't that make sense with how they can graze our pastures and graze our rangelands and uh, um, be able to digest cellulose, digest the glucose from cellulose and turn, uh, recycle non-protein nitrogen from their digestive system to the liver, put together the urea, come back in the saliva and then go down the esophagus to the rumen um, to, 
to sustain that animal's life. But uh, understanding crude protein, understand the supplementation uh, of degradable versus undegradable intake protein, understanding how the ruminant can, can utilize starch or cellulose to get glucose, and those byproducts are then used to, to create glucose. Uh, the propionate is used to create glucose, and then how they can utilize non-protein nitrogen uh, in the animals is, is important, and I hope you enjoyed it. It's uh, one of my favorite subjects. I have to thank Dr. Rod Preston, my mentor in ruminant nutrition, uh, for helping me out. But anyway, the, uh, thanks for watching Doc Talk. Thanks for always watching what we do. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian or nutritionist. Uh, if you want to know more about what we do, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here in Ames, Iowa, and I'll see you down the road. Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. At Merck Animal Health, we wake up each day seeking new innovations to keep your herd healthy. This is why we're proud to now include all flex livestock intelligence in our portfolio of solutions. With Allflex, we can provide the tools to identify, monitor, and trace each animal within a herd. Its state-of-the-art offerings deliver real-time insights to help you optimize productivity. Merck Animal Health and Allflex Livestock Intelligence. For our animals, our industry, and our future.